Welcome in to the 70th episode of the Calcio Connection podcast, connecting with you, Italian football fans from all over the world. I am Alex Dono, and you can tell that Jerry and I just figured out how to set background pictures on our Skype, and we have to thank our special guest, Daniel Lucci, for actually teaching us how to do that. We'll introduce him in a second. Uh, International break, so we have the international break blues. I'm not exactly sure why teams were allowed to travel during a pandemic the way that they are internationally, but we're almost at the end of it. But you know what? The positive of this international break is the Azzurri keep rolling. They get a victory. We're recording this on Wednesday, a nice 2-0 win against Bosnia-Herzegovina, so a lot to break down before the Serie A weekend resumes. Let me introduce my co-host, Jerry Mancini, before we introduce our special guest. You know, Jerry, as of right now, is Chido Immobile positive or negative for COVID-19? Because it seems to change by the hour. He's positive, he's negative, he's positive, he's negative. What's the latest, man? Did you guys see the tweet today that Joe Fischetti actually tweeted out where it's Ducci <laughs> saw it? It's Latito and he has two phones and one is he's positive and the other one's he's negative. And that's fucking what it is, man. I don't even know. What the heck Immobile is anymore? I just feel bad for him because they have really ruined his name, his image rights, everything. Like, they're just ruining the person he is, the player he is, because of this whole COVID-19 thing. And now, I I think he's doing the right thing to sue and, and, and any damages towards his name and, and himself. And This is a guy who is doing what is told. That's it. And... At the end of the day, what's he supposed to do? If he says he's negative, the test says it's negative. One, He did two tests. One's mm-hmm. a negative, one's a positive. Like, it, it's not like that just proves that Lazio's doing what they're supposed to be doing. I, I, like, I don't know how to put this together, guys. Like, I just hope that tomorrow morning I wake up and he's goddamn negative because I cannot, can't take this anymore. Yeah, he'll be negative when you wake up and then by the time you're done eating breakfast, he'll be positive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let me hold on. We'll continue that thought in a second. Let me introduce our special guest. Um, now, if you look very closely at his picture, he's not honoring Inter the way that I am. He's honoring Paulo Dybala at Juventus scoring that ridiculous goal against Inter. I, I mean that in a good way. Ridiculous is in a, an amazing goal that he scored. Daniel Lucci, you can check out his work at World Football Index. He is a Juventino, but more importantly, he's an Azzurri supporter. So the three of us can unite on that, where I'm an Inter fan. Jerry is a Lazio fan. Lucci is a Juventus fan. We all make unlikely allies. But Mr. Lucci, how are you? Hey, guys, I'm good. Thanks for having me back. It's uh, It's been, been a good time and uh, Azzurri win and on to the final four for Nations League. So that's exciting. Yeah, I mean, not that I give two shits about Nations League, but I'm excited to see that they're playing well. I mean, 21 Mm -hmm. matches unbeaten now for Italy, and the game today, guys, was a lot of fun. I mean, the midfield connection with Barella and Locatelli is unbelievable. My guy Bastoni played a very good game at center back, and the goals that the Azzurri scored were ridiculous. Insigne had that beautiful feed to Bellotti. Finally, Bellotti is scoring goals for the national team. Had a ridiculous volley to finish that one. That was in the first half. In the second half, breathtaking ball. 
uh, by Locatelli for uh, his teammate Berardi, who had a beautiful finish, another volley. So these were two world-class goals, a clean sheet cap. So thank you to the defense and to Donnarumma. And here we are, guys, as Lucci mentioned, Final Four for the UEFA Nations League. More importantly, 21 games unbeaten. So let me ask you guys a question that we were asked by Dieter, who gave us a Twitter question. And I told you guys in the last episode, we had too many Twitter questions to answer in one episode. So I was going to carry a couple of that, a couple of those over to this one. And I think it's better that we're answering this question in the following episode because we've had now another game in the books for Italy, right? Dieter asked us if the Azzurri can be a real contender for Euro 2020, which is being played in the summer of 2021. But it's just one of those years uh, and honestly, guys, I'm not going to pick Italy as the favorite, but I really think they're a dark horse contender and I could see a semifinal type of run for this team. You know, I want to see more consistent goal scoring from the number nine position, whether that comes from Jerry's guy, Cheeto, if he's finally testing negative this summer, whether it comes from Bellotti, who scored today, whether it comes from Moise Kane, who I think is a rising star, you know, in the Italy ranks, because guys, I feel great, obviously, about the goalkeeping with Gijo. I feel great about the defense. I mean, Italy has an embarrassment of riches at center back from older guys like Chiellini to a very young guy like Bastoni and everybody in between. There's an embarrassment of riches there. Um, you know, I like Emerson at left uh, fullback. You know, right fullback is a little bit more of a question mark. But you, you could argue best midfield in Europe, at least in terms of depth, what Italy brings mm -hmm. to the table. So, you know, Jerry, let me ask you the question first. I mean, obviously, you always fear a team like France and, you know, Belgium is ranked very high. But if I just look at this Azzurri squad, I think the makings are there for a team that's going to make a deep run in the Euros. No, absolutely. And the fact that a lot of their starters weren't even in this lineup to begin with. I'm just looking at their, their squad. You got Tonali there. Uh, Kevin Lasagna, a guy that you really like a lot, uh, Lucci. You love his work ethic, the way he he plays the game. He 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 gives a really good like he's very works very hard. And you got Calabria, Soriano, Pasina. These are guys who are not going to be on the lineup. I think mm -hmm. come come next season. Like, yep. I think they're just there to to fill the void, stop gaps. Uh, Orsolini, uh, I'm still. I would assume he's there, but if Nicolo Zagnolo is healthy, I think that Orsolini doesn't have a role on the right side, personally. And then you got Giovanni Di Lorenzo. But the fact that they're able to call guys who are not even part of the squad and still make an impact and, and still help is just shows the depth of what this team is like, right? And not because I'm a Lazio fan. I just, I'm so impressed with the Cherby and how he's really flourished the last three seasons since arriving with Lazio and I, I saw today that once again he he really stepped up in the back end with Bastoni and this is a guy who who has really filled the void with Kalini and, and Bonucci and as much as I don't like Bonucci Bonucci on a, on a good day is very good let's be realistic here Absolutely. like when he when he's playing his his top game you can't be a hater. You you you, you got to put that aside and understand that this is a guy who can make timely challenges. He's very physical. He gives a really good sound, um, like awareness in the back end. So, for for me, a Cherby, and, and he came close to scoring today on mm -hmm. on, a, on a great run down the the left flank there. So, 
And and sometimes I feel that if he, he had that athleticism to like really play that wing back role, he I think it would really suit him at times because he's his ability to cross the ball is into the box is, is unbelievable. So I sometimes think that had he ever thought about becoming a wing back, he probably be he wouldn't be bad, but he would be decent. But like overall, like like you said, the scoring it's nice to see Belotti score today. Freaking. That was a, a beautiful strike. The pass was amazing by Insigne. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I'm going to say is that Florenzi being the captain again once again today, it's nice to see that. But when you see a, the goal, the buildup from Insigne, how he started it, his emotion, how he really is very vocal on the field and, and how he dictates the play and everything and how he communicates with his players, this is the guy who's going to wear the armband come next mm-hmm. summer. Um, it's nice to see Florenzi still getting the experience and more. I think it's more of a help his confidence type of thing where Mancini has really done a good job of getting players to play at a better, at a higher level and get mm-hmm. the best out of his players. And and I think that because it's not the Euros and maybe he saw something in Florenzi that he needed to get more out of the player to see maybe he's a good backup to, to be a captain behind Jorginho, say. Uh, I don't know personally, but overall, there's a lot of good pieces here. You got the Sassuolo duel who, who really stood out today. Um, I think our midfield probably is, is probably our, our greatest strength on this team. Mm-hmm. And and that's where you build around, right? So can they win it next summer or next, uh, not summer, next fall? I don't see why not. From, from here till then, who knows what's going to happen to France, Belgium, and who's the other team? Bel- uh, France, Belgium, and... Well, Spain kicked Germany's ass the yeah. other day. Um, I, I think some of that has to do with uh, with Germany, but that, that was really, really impressive. Well, anything can happen, right? Injuries happen from now till then. Who knows what's... Sure. When we get to that game, who knows if Italy has 10 COVID cases, if COVID is still if impacting people, or what their schedules are like, and maybe... Players go on a decline. Players lose their form. Um, knock on wood. May, maybe it's Immobile who all of a sudden can start to find the scoring, and 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 it's players where you would think that they're the best players in the team, like a Jorginho, say, or or Locatelli, who goes on the decline all of a sudden. Let's just say, right? So things can happen. It, it's it's from now to October. It's such a long time. It's almost what twelve months, almost. It's yeah. crazy. So. For me, I think the first step is to worry about Euros, and then the shit Nations League is the last priority. <laughs> True. What do you What do you think, Lucci? Your, your thoughts on the squad? Yeah, I think they can definitely, you know, turn some heads come uh, come the summer for the Euro. Uh, what What I say, they're they're one of the favorites. Maybe if you're looking at the top top three or four, you, you'd always got to give it to to France. Belgium is always a good team, but you know they're always shaky at the back, so. You know, as long as Italy can find some goals up top, like you said, the number nine, if we can put in some goals, I think we can could definitely have a deep run. Um, with that said, I was very happy Balotti scored today. He's honest. He's he's my preference to start over Immobile. I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for that, but um, <laughs> no hate against that. I'm if, a Caputo guy personally, but you know what? I, I just want another one. Whoever yeah. can score. You know what? Exactly. Exactly. I'm the guy who. Is gonna give you the best chance to win the game. That's mm-hmm. 
I, I love Lazio. I love my Lazio players. But if they're not the guys who are able to make the difference, and I love Immobile. I'm the biggest Paul Immobile fan on this freaking Twitter account. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I, I, I may be biased to Immobile, but if Immobile is not the guy to score goals, I'm with you, Lucci. Mm-hmm. you got to play Pilotti. You play Caputo. You, you play the guy who wins you the game. That's well, it. It's going to be interesting because I don't think they can carry all of Immobile, Balotti, Caputo, and Moise Kane. So one of them is going to have to stay at home. It's going to be interesting to see who makes it. Um, like we said, we have a lot of depth, uh, not only in the midfield, but definitely on the wings as well. So if Zaniolo's back fit, that'll be a great addition as well. And uh, as much as I, you, you said, Jerry, uh, Acherby played well today, but if you know if Kalini and Bonucci are both fit, you know they're going to be there and it's going to come down to either a Cherby or Romagnoli um, maybe getting cut because I, I think Bastoni is definitely a lock. Um, he's really impressed me lately. Uh, so if you're going to carry six center backs, I, I don't know. That's You're, you're kind of wasting a spot by doing that when you have, you know, you got to include the likes. you got to carry some midfielders. you got to carry some, some wing backs. And it's going to be interesting to see who makes it. It's going to be it's gonna be a tight call for sure for Mancini. I feel like Alessio Romagnoli has been on the decline the last season personally like really struggling i i i, I here's the thing with a cherby okay he arrives with lazio simoyan zaghi once again saves another player's career i don't know how he does it he's done it with luis alberto he's done it with chido immobile he's even gotten the best out of sergey malinkovic savage we can go and lucas leva all of a sudden a cherby comes and this guy he, he was decent at Sassuolo, but with Lazio, he's become like this league catalyst. And and, mm-hmm. and I remember last year where people were saying that Romagnoli is better than Acherbi. I don't personally think so. I think that Romagnoli has really declined over the last year, whereas Acherbi continues to increase his stock value. And I know he's 32 years old, but this is a guy who who's showing no, that that's not the issue with him and how much the he problem, plays. Jerry, the problem is you follow too many Milanisti on Twitter and, <laughs> and they're massive. Milan Twitter is massive guys. I remember about a year and a half ago, um, maybe less than that, but time is like a flat circle now with this whole COVID thing. I don't know what happened when, but a while back, do you remember IFTV? They used to always run those polls like position per, per position. Who's the best striker in Serie A? Who's the best goalkeeper? When they ran the poll of who's the best center back in Serie A, Romagnoli won the poll, beating out the likes of Koulibaly, right? So it was, <laughs> it's very obvious the massive power of Milan Twitter. They're yeah. just going to vote for their guy. And it's it's not to say that, you know, I'm not going to completely bash Romagnoli because there, there have been times when he's looked like a really promising talent. Uh, but there have been a, a lot of liabilities with him as well, both at the international level and with Milan, where this is like shocking performances, right? And then I've also seen it with Milan Skriniar as an Interista. So I'm not just picking on on the Milan guy uh, because there there have been times a couple of years in the past where I thought, you know, Skriniar is one of the best center backs in world football. And then he puts in some shocking performances. I'm like, what the hell am I watching? So it, it happens, man. But I, I definitely have, have high hopes for Bastoni, you know, very young in his career. I think he's 20 years old. But, you know, not only is he really sound defensively, but he he can play balls like a midfielder. I mean, mm-hmm. he has really great vision uh, with his passing, and, and that's obviously something the Azzurri need as well. Uh, you know, before we, we move on to Serie A, I guess you can segue into that. Jim, you got some more bad COVID news for Lazio. Who is it now? Mokovic Savic has COVID? Right over there? 
It was like blocking out. I was like, what the heck is going on there? Right there. Yeah. That's a big loss, I think. Who knows how long he's going to be out for, Savage, man. Uh, with, I don't know. I've seen players come back in three days. I've seen players come back in four, four days. We were talking about it, me and my wife, actually. And she's like, even though, like, the the routine recall is, what, 12, 14 days, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes you could be out longer than 14 days, depending on how your body is, right? Wasn't Ronaldo out for, like, three weeks almost? Yeah, his was just over two weeks, I think. Wow. I think Savage is a big loss, but it's this is crazy, man, because you got, first off, guys, Luis Alberto being freezed out, you can put that shit to bed, okay? Because I, I and, and I'm going to give credit to Joe from Fort Sinopoli. We were talking today on the phone, and he's like, Jer, he's like, a lot of people, a lot of club presidents don't think when they're talking. They see a lot of stupid shit. And, and are very impulsive, just like when uh, they were. He told, he mentioned about Kulabali and like they were not going to sell Kulabali and like oh our price is now ninety million. I didn't take it or leave it type of thing, right? And and he's saying that with Lazio, Luis Alberto is not going to go anywhere because it's crazy. Look at look at the rumor is today that he'll go on loan. Not purchase or buy yeah. a loan. Why would Lazio loan Luis Alberto out to Everton? What the <laughs> fuck does that do for Lazio? I'm sorry. When I saw that, yeah, I'm nothing. Like, well, it doesn't do anything. Makes it, no sense. That makes no sense. If you're gonna give Luis Alberto up, you're gonna sell him for a value. Mm-hmm. Loaning him does not make any sense to me. What mm-hmm. you you take half the wages out? Okay, big deal. Like. You're only hurting yourself by not having him in the lineup now. And the secondly is, for, for Luis Alberto to be gone, someone has to come in. And until I hear players coming in to replace him, Lotito is a stubborn guy. But at the end of the day, and Simone Inzaghi will speak up and say that I need the best players to help me win. And this Saturday, Luis Alberto will play. I'll mark you my words on that. He will not be frozen out. Because then you're going to go with a midfield of no Luis Alberto and no Malinkovic Savage. I don't think yeah. he's going to do that to himself. So the positive news was that Lucas, Lucas Leiva did return from COVID. Luis Alberto returned from COVID against Juventus. And now we got Gonzalo Escalante, who has just resumed training too. Uh, mm. Apparently, Senna Lulic could possibly come off the bench this weekend. So there are a lot of positive outlooks here and hopefully Mobley comes back negative tomorrow and if it's only Malinkovic Savage out of the lineup I think it's it's not as bad as people may think to be I, they have shown a lot of good depth and, and in past seasons Lazio has always been criticized for not buying players I think this is and I and I have said this a million times that a lot of people are so reactionary because well, this is a bad transfer market because you didn't buy the Ronaldos and you didn't buy the Lukaku's. But sometimes that doesn't always solve the team's issues. A guy like Daniel Akpa Akpa, who who had a a bad injury and was tutored to be a, a really good player, is showing the skill now. And I know he's 28, but who gives a shit how old he is and what his prime is? I, I, people are saying, well, he's 28 years old. Um, he's already in his prime. It doesn't matter. You got him now. You got him for four more years, maybe. Yeah. You still got something coming out of him. 
you got Andre Pereira, who didn't work well in, in Manchester United, just like a lot of players we've seen already. And yeah. now comes to Lazio, and Zaghi has proven he can get the best out of players and bring them back to life. Then you got, um, what else? Wesley Hoot. Everybody says we don't buy back players. Guys, please tell me this. Who made this rule? There's no buybacks. <laughs> Who's to say that? I mean, look, look at Lucci's club. Uh, Juventus brought back Morata, right? I mean, it, it happens. I mean, Morata, Bonucci, list goes on. If he can help you win, buy him. Yeah. I don't like that stupid rule. You don't do buybacks. I'm sorry, man. If a player can come back and he's. In, in, and first, he states his love for the team, like Morata has shown too. Mm-hmm. And two, has okay, yeah, maybe his loan stints. Like last year, he had a really good season in the Belgium league, and he's transitioning right now under Nzagi. Like I, I just don't buy. It. I think this team did a really good job in the in the transfer market. I know Mohamed Fares is, is hasn't had a good start. He's a wing back that's twenty four years old. Give him time. Vidat Marici, guy had COVID nineteen. Guy had in, was nursing a leg injury. Um, he he arrived late. He needs to get used to his players. He hasn't played with everybody. Things are going to pan out for Lazio. I think this is probably one of the best transfer markets. And I think that Tade deserves a lot of credit because he really filled the voids and, and really checked off a lot of boxes in order to like compete this season, especially in a season that is really has a lot of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And it's been a weird start to the season. I mean, obviously, COVID-19 has played a big part of it. A lot of moving pieces. A lot of players have had to miss games. I mean, we've got a, a Laziali here, a Juventino, an Interista. Our teams are, are all currently out of Champions League position. Thankfully, the season doesn't end today. Milanisti wished the season ended today. But, you know, Jerry's Lazio are currently in ninth. My Inter are currently in seventh. Daniel's Juventus are currently in fifth. I'd love your outlook, Daniel, on Juve. Um, it's very much a transitional period here, especially early in the season under Pirlo. You know, we mentioned Ronaldo having missed some time with COVID-19. Uh, been some injury issues on the club as well. How do you feel about the first seven match days? Is this about what you expected or uh, are, are you frustrated? I think it's it should be what most uh, fans should have expected from Pirlo for someone who's never coached, you know, the Primavera side, who's never coached a game in Syria, that a very short um, off-season, pre-season uh, to go along with that. And, you know, considering Juve brought in five, six new players, you know, he's he's working with um, he's he's working with a whole new squad, right? So he's trying to implement what he wants, what he what he's envisioning. Um, we've seen glimpses of it, which, you know, which is nice to see, but sometimes, you know, the odd... Um, the odd time, you know, things don't turn out well, like the last minute goal against Lazio, that was unfortunate. Um, but, you know, maybe making a different substitution at the right, at the wrong time, you know, that could, that could affect a game, no matter if it's in the first, you know, half an hour or, you know, the last three minutes, like we saw against Lazio. So um, it's definitely going to be a lot more learning curves throughout the season. I think, you know, trying to judge someone on seven games wouldn't be fair, someone who's never coached before. And uh, by the end of the season, we'll have a better view of what what Pirlo is all about. I think so. Oh, Dybala is my favorite player. I'll I'll, I'll state down the record for this Ever? season. Uh, for this season, when, oh. he, when he knocked that ball out, man, and then the whole buildup where Marisic is throwing the ball backwards, <laughs> and where Inzaghi throws it forward, and he throws it in, and then Correa with it. Oh, it, it, it just happened. 
you could feel that something was going to happen in Juventus. And you know what? I agree. I, you could you could feel a, an equalizer coming. I, I felt anyways. I, it, it's something between Lazio and Juventus where these two teams, like the rivalry is starting to grow. Whereas I, I'm telling you, man, it's it's something where the best comes out of both sides. And it, it's it's fun to watch as, as a City offense, mm-hmm. I would say. That must be nice because I, I can't remember the last decent performance my club had against Juventus. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least I know Lazio Juve is always competitive these days. How often does Inter beat Juventus in, in the last decade? Uh, I don't know how many times exactly. I think the last time I want to say was 2016, maybe. Um, it's It's been a while. It, mm-hmm. It's been a long time. There There have been a couple of draws since then. Last year it was both losses. I think the two yes. previous years it was one, one Juve win and one draw each of the last two years. So it, it, it's been a while. I'm not. Uh, it's it's been a long time since I've known the feeling of beating Juventus. You got to compare the budgets of, of 186 million by Inter Milan, and what's Lazio? Fucking Vidat Marici, 20 million, <laughs> and, and, and they still can't win a game. So that just proves that sometimes spending all that money doesn't always solve your issues. Like, sure. That, but I do have a question, and it's something to relate back. And it's from Chloe Brescherford. Well, and it was a tweet about her hate for Chiesa and how oh, yeah. she was so happy that he left. I liked that you tweet. Know, <laughs> fucking hated it, okay? I it. And I want, I want to hear your thoughts about Chiesa and, like, joining Juventus. What does this do for him now? Because... I'll give my take. I think that maybe she was speaking out as 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 a fan. Maybe that she was either mad that he left and just put resentment towards him, or maybe she, she put the blame on him. I don't agree personally that Chiesa is the reason why Fiorentina was bad, and I don't think he's a selfish player. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, it's a team that fucks up every goddamn player on that team, straight up. And, and the finally, the, the, I know Pandelli is not, maybe you don't bring the same coach back again. Maybe he can't rewrite history what he did the first time. But I'll, I'll, I'll take that guy over the last three coaches they probably had in that team. I agree. Even even Pioli? I mean, Pioli's a god now. Padre Pioli. But yeah, I, I agree on uh, Iacchini and Montello. Those guys can kick rocks. Yeah. <laughs> but I just want to hear your thoughts about Chiesa, I think this is a, a guy who can really make a difference going forward for Juventus. And along with Kulisovski, like these two are like really building blocks. And like I say Chiesa more because you know that there's a lot of upside to him. Kulisovski is still younger, so you still got to give him time. He's He's got the potential. You see it. I, I think right. he's incredible. Kulisovski, I think, is is within a couple of years, because um, obviously Ronaldo's not going to be there forever. I think Kulisevsky is going to be the best player on Juve after Ronaldo leaves. If he keeps, you know, he's growing every every game you watch him, he's gaining more confidence. Even when he's playing with Sweden now, uh, I believe it was last week, he scored an incredible, you know, solo goal for Sweden. And um, But yeah, the, the two, two of them still very young and, you know, lots of upside, especially working with the likes of Pirlo and working under Ronaldo, learning from him, his training habits, how he, you know, has made it this far in his career by doing certain things. I think that'll help each of them. But definitely Chiesa, I think at Fiorentina, he was in a losing, he was in a losing squad, a losing mentality. 
a loser coach, which I've said many times, as I'm sure you guys seen on my Twitter. Um, yeah. You know, it's you can't blame one player, you know, especially at a young 20 year old, you know, for Fiorentina not doing well. That comes down on the coach and the way he, you know, deploys his players. Chiesa, yes, maybe he needs to work on his, um, you know, final decisions, his final balls, maybe a little bit of his finishing. But, you know, that's, that's, you're going to grow as a player, you're going to get better. But like all his, his fundamentals are there. He's got pace. He's, you know, he's great, great work rate, great defensively, can cover, can play multiple positions. That's the type of player you want, um, you know, on your team. Someone with versatility in case you need to change your system or your formation mid, you know, mid-game, uh, you know, to, to throw a curveball at your opponent. So I, I like the signing. Uh, like you've mentioned, Jerry, I, I, was, I was a fan of it. Uh, I know some were a little, uh, a little concerned about the price, of course. You know, it's a lot of money for someone who's young, who's not completely proven, uh, you know, in Serie A or Champions League. But hopefully the more he plays, the more he'll grow, he'll get comfortable. And, um, you know, you can see that with, with many young players, like Bastoni, another example, Barella even, you know, you didn't, you knew they were both good players, but you weren't sure how they were going to do at Inter or how mm-hmm. um, Chiesa is going to do at, at Juve. But he started promising and, um, you know, the more he trains, the more he plays, I think that'll help him grow and work. He can work on the things that he needs to. Uh, I, again, I think he's going to be a lock for the Azuri. He's probably one of the depth players because, you know, like we said, they, they have a lot of um, talent on the wing, but I think he'll definitely be on, on the squad come this summer. Yeah, I can remember, you know, you brought up Barella. Um, I was always really bullish on him. Maybe it's because um, I, I do get a little bit biased toward Italian players. Um, and a lot of the Inter fans that I, I converse with aren't even Italian or Italian-American. They're from all over the place. So so they, they don't necessarily rate the Italian players the way that, you know, Daniel, Jerry, and I do sometimes. We can overrate the Italian guys. But, no, I was a huge fan of Barella watching him at Cagliari. And I remember one of the complaints that some Interisti had when they signed him, you know, two summers ago was, oh, no, th- this guy, he, he doesn't offer anything in the attack. He doesn't score goals. He doesn't assist. I mean, yeah, part of that was playing on Cagliari. And another part of that was the guy was so young and, you know, he had already started to get some opportunities with the Azzurri um, even while he was still at Cagliari. And I saw him scoring goals for Italy in friendlies I'm thinking, OK, this is, you know, people watching at Cagliari, they say this kid can't score. Um, I see a lot of potential there. And, you know, he up to that. He scored some goals, but I, I think even better are his ability to assist and, and free up attackers. So, yeah, I think the same thing could be set for Chiesa. And this is a player that I've ripped before um, because it's, you know, it's kind of fun. And it's not really so much about him as a player. I've ripped the guy for his diving, which you know, he's mm-hmm. going to fit in very well at Juventus. I'll say that. But I, I've mostly ripped the guy for the diving. But as far as, um, you know, he he definitely has lacked the final product in the final third. That He's very quick. He's got great ball skills. He's very, very tough to mark. Uh, but just sometimes when it actually comes time to, to take the final shot, it's off target or the final ball for a cross is just a little off target. I do think there's time for him to improve and polish up that game. Like, I, mm-hmm. I would not write off that player. I mean, you could argue whether or not you know, he they overpaid for him, you know, with, uh, with the obligation and all that. Like, you could argue the price tag. But no, I, I think he's going to be uh, a splendid player moving so, forward. I mean, I want to touch ahead. on I think that a price tag sometimes it depends who the player is too. When you're buying a guy like Matias Delit, I want to mm-hmm. say with, with Juventus, and a guy like Barella, 
there's there's the potential for a lot of upscale like for the future years to come. Those are players you can build around and become the nucleus of your team, as you're seeing with both sides. And a lot of a lot Juventus took a lot of flack last year of buying Delit and he was always being called out for his handballs, his handballs. So this is a guy who just gets handballs. But as the season progressed, it was no longer the handballs. It was he was becoming the catalyst, the leader of that back mm-hmm. line. And he was kind of like dictating the play and what had to be done. And I think that a lot of Juventini haters are so quick to call out any player that plays on Juventus and, and, and just say, well, that's a bad deal. And that's a bad player. And, oh, he's overrated. And it's like, you got to sometimes put that hatred to side and say, hey, you know what? If I had to live on Lazio, fuck, I would be loving him. <sighs> I, I would be <laughs> not in a back three of that guy. That guy there is is going to be, I think he'll be the best defender in City up if Koulibaly is no longer in City A for, the, for future seasons to come. That's my opinion. That's how, that's how highly I rank him. And these, you can't really criticize a player or, or or call him out based on a handball. Even if he did handball a play, it doesn't take away what he's done for 90 minutes. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, and what I'm trying to get to now is that, Lucci, what were your thoughts of the last season? And the fact that he still hasn't been able to... I, I, well, he. I think that he should be available this week, and I think that mm-hmm. he. That's he is the rumor. Yeah, that was the rumor, that, and I was actually kind of happy that he wasn't available against Lazio because that that would have made things. Actually, it, in that circumstance, he probably wouldn't have been in form yet. But now, given two weeks of training, I think that now he he may be up to game par. But just what are your thoughts now? The fact that a he's back in the lineup. What does that mean for Juventus? And b what were your thoughts of him last year too? Well, like to touch on your handball comment, I think a few of those calls were unlucky, just bad place at the bad time. You know, still right. learning the league, and and he was very, he was nineteen at the time, nineteen or twenty, and you know, it's it's a big responsibility on your shoulders to come in for you know the leader, the captain, Kalini, who was out for practically the whole year, and come in to fill those shoes. You know, it's a lot of pressure on a on a young kid, so I'm sure he felt a little bit of that. Now that he had his first year under his belt, he's he's definitely feeling. I I feel like he now that he's back from injury, he should be feeling a lot more confident. You know, in his abilities to play play in Syria, and um, you know, I towards the end of the year, he was our best defender, no question about it. He was you know lights out. He, even when Bonucci was struggling a bit, he stepped up. He was you know he scored the odd goal. He was leading the defense by example. Um, and you know, to see that from someone so young is is a is a promising thing to see. And like you said, I I would have no doubts of him being one of the best defenders in Syria. Maybe, maybe, maybe in the world, depending. You know, Ramos is on decline. Kalini, Bonucci, Koulibaly still around. Virgil Van Dijk is. You know, everyone has their mixed opinions on him. As we saw, gave up quite an easy header to Barella, who's not the tallest person around. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, Jerry. I, I think it's a big it's a big boost for us, especially this weekend with both Bonucci and Kalini being out again. Um, so that'll definitely help our back line. He's uh, he's a rock to have, um, and and uh, it it's good, definitely good to have him back. So hopefully he can he can slide in. Um, not expect too much from him because he hasn't played at all this season. But you know, as long as he you know plays a solid game and gets the job done, that's all we can really ask for uh, right now. Hey, Alex. Yeah. I want to, before I forget this. Sorry, I want to go on a side note, and it's about Morata. 
That guy scores the ugliest fucking goals ever. I'm going to be honest. I forgot to say this. Hold on. We were watching a video of like all his best goals, and they they were probably like one or two. We were, I was at a soccer draft with Joe, and like we were watching the Morata goals. A lot of his goals are just so ugly, it's not even funny. Right but does place, it, right time. Yeah, Listen, does it matter as remember, long as it goes I in? Remember, ugly is I can remember Christian Vieri so scoring shit. some ugly goals. I can remember Luca Toni scoring a lot of ugly goals. As long as it goes in the back of the net and yeah. the flag doesn't come up or VAR doesn't go. And, and on Morata, the flag comes up a lot, right? But the ones, the ones that do count, I don't care if they're ugly. I wonder if if Inzaghi, when Inzaghi was playing, if they had VAR, I wonder how many of his goals would have been called off, too. He was, uh, the, the slogan for him was, he was born offside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what was that thing that Luca Tony used to do? He used to do like this? Or what was that thing he, with his hand he used to celebration? do? Celebration, yeah, he did like a year thing. Fucking like, what was he thinking, Hulk Hogan? <laughs> He started copying that too. It was like it was so in vogue for a while that like sometimes people copy goal celebrations. I remember that. <laughs> we need to do an episode. Most overrated fucking players on Italy, man. Like not looking back. He's looking a World back. Cup winner, man. You can't hate on him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm saying in general, Montalivo. Whatever happened to Montalivo? That guy there, fucking he. Fuck. Oh my god, man. There's one. Oh god. Oh god. <laughs> I would have to like of, research this stuff, man. But thing is, like for for me, when when it comes to Italy, I guess I have so many. Even though there have been some real shit tournaments, like I I, I have so many like positive memories of two thousand six and and some yeah. of the Euros that we've had recently. And mm-hmm. and you know, uh, I, I think I'm a little older than Lucci. Jerry and I are close to the same age. I have fond memories even of. The 1994 team that made it to the finals, where Baggio who had that. I mean, Baggio had a tremendous cup until he put that PK over the bar. But uh, you know, it, it it happens, and he wasn't healthy in that final, so you know, it was a, it was a lot of pressure on his back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a, a couple of uh, COVID-19 updates for Inter. Uh, Brozovic tested positive during the international break. Uh, I did read that he's he's hoping he can be cleared. By the Real Madrid game, the Champions League game midweek. Uh, he's going to miss the Torino game for sure. Um, Brozo's had a tough start to the season, but it did look like he was actually starting to hit form over the last couple of games before this COVID thing. So, and and obviously he's relied upon a lot. Even if he's not in the best of form, he's relied upon a lot. So that's a loss. Kolarov has tested positive for COVID-19. I wish him a speedy recovery. As far as on the pitch goes, I don't think anyone's going to miss the guy too much. But listen, I, I hope he, I hope he gets well very soon. You know, one player, um, I, I actually, I, I got a little emotional. I got a little teary eyed when I was reading a statement from Stefano Sensi, who doesn't have COVID, but he's, you know, he's constantly been hurt, guys, since October of 2019. He's just been perpetually injured. Uh, you know, for the first six weeks of the 2019-2020 season. He was so informed when he first mm-hmm. arrived at Inter. Was one of the best, one of one of the better players in Serie A at that point. Uh, he got hurt in the Juventus game, uh, seven games into the season last year. It just has never been the same. Every time he's been able to come back, he's been back for a game or two. But as soon as he's starting to get in rhythm, he gets hurt again. A lot of these muscular injuries. Uh, Stefano Sensi now is claiming and purported to be completely healthy. I hope it stays that way. He released a statement on Instagram on Instagram saying it wasn't an easy time 
A series of injuries slowed down my professional journey, my life. Not being able to do what I love with serenity has taken my smile away, he said. I'm a responsible person. Always when I fall, I do anything to get back up and come back stronger. It pisses me off not being able to contribute, not being able to give my best to society, to the staff, to our fans who have always shown respect to me. I'm working on top of my possibilities every day. I'm trying hard. No breaks or excuses. Time to leave bad luck, physical problems, obstacles that force me to break. See you soon and always strong Inter. I think that was a Google Translate from Forza Inter that went to strong Inter. He really he released the statement both in Italian and English. Uh, he's going to be reportedly in the squad for um, for Inter's matchup with Torino this coming weekend. You know, I, I certainly hope to see him play. If he doesn't start, I'd like to see him come off the bench because th- this is a player, guys, that. Um, you know, I think he could be really important for Inter if healthy. They've got a lot of midfielders, but you know, I think I think their depth is a little overrated when it comes to Erickson not getting on with Conte and not fitting the formation. He doesn't get used a lot. Rajan Angolan is a shell of his former self. Uh, Arturo Vidal, although he he sometimes plays like an MMA fighter, he has been pretty good, but. You know he's in his 30s. He can't be starting two games a week. Like you've yeah. got a guy, got to give this guy rest uh, at some point. Barella has obviously been a rock for this team, and and Brozovic I think is tired. You know from not resting at any point the last couple of years, and so you know a, a healthy Stefano Sensi can be really important uh, not only for Inter but also you know could be a luxury player for the Azzurri as well. Yeah. Now the Azzurri. Daniel is so deep in midfield that you don't look at it and say, oh, Stefano Sensi has to play. He doesn't have to play. They've got enough able bodies on the midfield, but uh, it it would be nice because when he was in form last year, he was scoring goals as well. Mm -hmm. Like he's not only a creative setup guy, but he's also a good target man from the outside. Uh, I'd love to see him healthy again. Yeah, I was was actually going to say like this time, more or less last year, I was thinking he was practically a lock for the Azuri in that midfield. Um, You know, now with the emergence of Locatelli and Castrovilli and whatever, his his spot might be in question. So hopefully he can come back, you know, like you said, this weekend or as soon as possible, get some some good games in and show Conte and even Mancini what what he's capable of doing. There's no doubt he has the the skills, the skill set to to be um, you know influential on the pitch. So um I was I was a big fan of his early last year. You know, these injuries kind of put him a, a couple steps back, but there's no doubt if he can come back, he, he can be a, a game changer for Inter for sure. I don't think Senti's going to be in the lineup for next year for Italy. I think it'll be tough. Probably not at this point. I mean, listen, he. He's, I don't think he's happy now. Your, your best your best ability is availability, and since mm-hmm. he's been unavailable, you've seen a guy like Locatelli who who just you know from 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 this time a year a year and a half ago he was not even on the Azzurri radar, and now he's a staple. So yeah, it's going to be tough for him to get that spot back. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't see it happening. Look, I tell you, look what he did today, man. He, he looked good today. Yeah, really very good. There's just too many options in that midfield that makes it really hard for him, and he can't stay healthy. I, I give if Sensi can stay healthy for a month, I would be shocked, be amazed. Well, let me let me ask you guys, uh, and it's good to have Daniel on for this one. Do you think Locatelli ends up at Juve? I certainly hope so <laughs> yeah i'd love to have him at inter but you know i <laughs> it, it seems like juve might and, I, and maybe if inter were to sell ericsson like in january then maybe that that could go 
to a Locatelli fund. But uh, it, it's, it seems hard to think Inter would, would buy him right now uh, with already a pretty high mm-hmm. wage bill and, uh, and transfer, um, transfer bill in the midfield. So I'm wondering, I'm hoping he doesn't end up at Juve. Sorry. Well, ideally, they should have, I would have liked them to sign him in the summer. Uh, as yeah. um, That would have been nice. But he, from what I've read, he grew up a Juve fan. So, you know, as a young kid, even though he came through the Milan Primavera and, you know, things didn't work out there, um, I don't think it ended too bitterly between the two. So unless he wants to stab back at Milan, he hopefully won't sign for Inter. And um, <laughs> I, it, it's, you know, it, he said he's been a Pirlo fan, you know, watching him, as, you know, when he grew up and a Juve fan. So hopefully we shell out. He, his price is only going up. So someone's right. going to have to shell out some money to, to sign him. And it, it looks like a great signing, whoever's going to end up landing him. Because I don't think he might stick with Sassuolo throughout, you know, throughout January. But I think latest in the summer, he's most likely gone. Yeah, any uh, we'll talk a little bit before we close out this episode on the return of Serie A this weekend. Lazio and Juventus both play on Saturday. Inter's playing on Sunday. You know, Jerry, uh, Lazio, they're going to be on the road at Crotone, back from the international break. No Milinkovic-Savic. We'll see how this whole Immobile situation unfolds with his testing. We'll see if Luis Alberto is frozen out of the squad or not. But what are your expectations for the Crotone match? Um, not to take them lightly. I don't care if they are last place and they haven't won a game yet. They they were able to steal points from Juventus and from uh, to a Torino. A Torino side that has really is not as bad as people think they are under Marco Giampaolo. I think they've played some really decent football. Right. The results are just not there. And unfortunate for him is that it's, it's a result-driven game where even if you have the best performances and you're not winning games it's always done, comes down to the w's so mm-hmm. and i feel bad for him because i think that compared to last year where he really stunk up the bed with milan i don't think it's been the case with with torino and if he's to get fired i think that another mid-table team should go after him because i think it's he needs torino is not a good team overall they're, just, they're too dependent on belotti that's yeah. that's their problem yeah. They're not a good team. I can't believe Simone Verde, what, what does he cost? $18 million? What a fucking waste of money. That guy's a waste. What a bum, man. He, <laughs> he missed a, a glorious chance against Lazio on the far post. That guy there is a... Ugh, Napoli, Napoli scammed. Yeah, Napoli scammed them on that one, I think. But yeah. with, going back to Lazio, I think they should win this game. They should, but... Would it, would it surprise me if they were to tie them or lose them? No, not at all. This is a lot of team that has really pissed away points in the last in past seasons against the world beater clubs. Where I remember two years ago we lost to Kievo uh, at home and we lost two one. Like uh, <laughs> Savage got sent off for dissent, and um, the, I think the the year before when Lazio didn't qualify for. Um, for Champions League, and we lost to Inter in the final game. We we lost against one of the bottom clubs. So Lazio's always been known to like. Throw yeah, away. it was. Um, oh my! I think I think it points. was. It also was it Crotone that beat you guys in, in that game before? Because the, the only re the the only reason why Inter even had a chance to get into Champions League if we beat you guys in that game was because you had like a bad draw with a relegation yeah. club the week prior. It was bad. 
So for me, I think that Lazio just needs to like, and we were never good coming back from the break too. We 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 pissed it against Sampdoria last year after the when we came back from the break. We lost to Spal. Um, it, it's always been something with this team that they just suck when they come back from the break. <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna go I, I, again. I wouldn't be surprised if they tied on Saturday, but I'll go with the obvious. I'll say two nothing win or two one. But um, it, um, the game that really intrigues me the most, uh, obviously your 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 team is your team, but I'm actually curious to see Saturday's game between Juventus and Cagliari. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's going to be a very exciting uh, matchup. Two sides that, especially against the Cagliari side, who's showing good form lately. Yeah, yeah. So I think I'll I'll leave that one to you, Luci. But I think that's going to. I think finally they they have a good two forty five game. Freaking. Yeah, I'm a little worried to be honest. I I know uh, you know like Jao Pedro and uh, um, Giovanni Simeone have been have been pretty lights out to start the season. So uh, it's definitely not going to be an easy task. And we've we've shown over the past few weeks or past few games that you know we've we've dropped points where we we've should have collected some wins. So um, I, coming after up after the break, uh, it's going to be tough. Hopefully, you know, Morata and, and uh, Ronaldo are ready to go. They're saying, you know, Chiesa might not be fit enough to play. They're not sure about Dybala either. Um, we definitely have some injury concerns, and along with um, having a shaky start, it's it's definitely not going to be a walk in the park. So I think we need to definitely try to stick it to them. Um, you know, if Kulusevski can, can get into the starting 11, maybe you know, get his creative, you know, feet on the ball, try to get Ronaldo some some goals early and take it from there. Because I know Cagliari is, uh, they're a little shaky at the back end. They're, I wouldn't say they're terrible, but I wouldn't say they're great. So that's, can we kind of, you know, you put pressure on it, hopefully you crack it. And then, uh, you know, hopefully a win would be nice. That's for sure. Yeah, and then uh, Inter on Sunday uh, host Torino. All I can say is for as much as I have defended Conte in the midst of all the attacks he's been under for the last couple of weeks. I've preached patience. If Inter lose or even draw to Giampaolo's Torino at the Giuseppe Meazza, I, I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be really pissed. Um, and and yeah, I think it's I think it's fair what Jerry says that Torino is probably not as bad as their record and their point total says that they are. Uh, they've been a bit unlucky, um, and you know. It, it, I, I've seen crazier results as an Interista than, let's say, a draw at home against Torino this weekend. But, um, you know, even even with some COVID questions, um, I, I think that having Lukaku, who's been in tremendous form during the international break, mm-hmm. as has Lautaro Martinez, who has really been hitting form, uh, the, the attack, I, I think, could be clicking as much as it's been really since last season. Um, you know, as far as Inter defensively, again, no Kolodov is obviously not a huge loss competitively. And it, it seems as though the back three are, are finally healthy at the same time with DeVry, Bastoni, who's been in tremendous form, Skriniar. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there are no excuses, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, for if Inter were to drop any points against Torino this weekend, for as much as I've been preaching patience on Conte and on the squad... Um, if they don't get a W, I, I don't even care if it's ugly. If it's kind of an ugly two to one, I don't care about style points, especially not in 2020 with what a we- weird year this has been. But if it's anything other than a W, uh, my demeanor is going to change about Antonio Conte. So 
Yeah. <laughs> so th- that'll do it for this episode. Huge thank you to Daniel Lucci for joining us. And Lucci, if you have anything you want to promote, whether it be any stories you've done or let people know where they can follow you on social media. Uh, yeah, my handle on Twitter is uh, Daniele Lucci. Uh, Daniel Lucci, search me up. You know, if you want to talk uh, UV, Calcio, Azuri, whatever. Uh, I just finished a couple pieces on um, Domenico Berardi. He had another great game for the Azuri today, like we mentioned. Um, and uh, Pietro Zelinski from Napoli, who is also playing with Poland. Um, you know, I'm trying to get as many pieces out as, as possible, but, you know, sometimes you don't have enough time. Um, I do, though, actually have a Calcio-related story re- in regards to Jerry, if we got a couple minutes. So I'll yeah, share this. Always, this is a, always. This, yeah, we're, we're bringing it back because we <laughs> retired Jerry stories, Jerry-wise, but if we can get a third-person Jerry story, the floor is yours, Daniel. This uh, this was a classic. A so we got a lot of Longo stories. No yeah. one no one got injured this time, so this is good. No one, no one had yogurt thrown at them, but um, I remember one night, Jerry, this was maybe... 10, 12 years ago, quite a while ago, Jerry calls me up. Hey, like, Luch, what are you doing? You know, you want to hang out tonight? Oh, sorry, Jerry. I got, you know, I got Calcio. I'm playing, I'm playing some, some soccer tonight. Oh, yeah, where are you playing? Blah, blah, blah. So sure enough, I had, I'm there. I'm getting warmed up. I see Jerry pull up. He's there. He comes to watch. I'm like, oh, nice. You know, nice rivalry. I got a, got a little bit of support in the, in the stands. Game goes on, whatever. And all I start hearing from the fans, you fucking suck. You suck. <laughs> I'm getting ridiculed the whole game. And then um, <laughs> what, at one point, uh, I guess it got a little chippy. So uh, I guess I, it was a pretty fair, clean, uh, clean hit. But, you know, I, I shouldered the guy. He, he fell. So they got the free kick. And all I hear is Jerry laughing from the stands. No comment. Just Jerry dying in the stands. <laughs> you know, and then there's a hockey player at the time. Yeah. <laughs> So, body checked the guy to the ground. It was a cool <laughs> shoulder. I don't know, man. He took out a guy, injured his leg. I was like, holy crap, I said. You know, I'm getting chirped from the stands when I have, you know, a couple, like, you know, I was still in high school at the time, so a couple, like, you know, female friends were all coming to watch, and Jerry's just ripping on me in front of the stands. And after the game, he's like, yeah, you're not very good. You play like a hockey player. And that was it. The, Jerry never came to watch me again. That was the final time. I love how you think. Oh, my 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 pal from work is coming by to watch me play, and he's shit talking <laughs> you the entire time. What a friend! With friends <laughs> like that, who needs enemies, right? You think he would come give you some some you know nice comments, but he's just ripping on you the whole game. I'll well, never forget that. There's plenty of oh, that, that. That was just the beginning of Jerry's stories, man. The Longo days were the best ones, man. He should. He should at least Calcio related. Oh man. Uh, I had a I had a trap in the back room where anybody who would walk in, I would have the Balkan style yogurt ready, and I would whip it right against the wall. And as soon as you would walk in, the yogurt would fall all over you. <laughs> so one time, the VP came into the back room. He's like, "What's up with the 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 walls? You're so dirty." And I would just look at him so stupid and be like, "I, I have no idea what." <laughs> no idea. Yeah, the culprit was right there the whole time. Well, like the amount of yogurt I destroyed in that back room was so bad. Like uh, yogurt falls, I would call it maybe. I don't know, know, man. Good times though there. That is unbelievable. These are really good times. Uh, We appreciate Daniel Lucci for joining us. And hey, if you guys want to follow our show on Twitter, we appreciate the follows. And man, like we don't tweet often enough from the account. And by we, I mean me. 
because for some reason Twitter will not let Jerry log into the account. It's like Only for the it's best. like he, he's he's like shadow banned from logging into the Calcio connection. And I log in like two times a week. And, and even though we don't tweet nearly often enough from the show account, we're still growing new followers every day, which we appreciate at CalcioCon Pod. If you want to follow us, that that's the best way to see when a new episode is coming out because we always tweet it out immediately at CalcioCon Pod. You can follow Jerry at jmancini8. On Twitter, you can follow me at Alex Dono, Dono spelled D-O-N-N-O. And uh, if you're watching us, you haven't heard the audio pod before, it's a good way you can listen in the car, all that. So if, if you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe to the pod, Apple Podcasts, Google, Android, everywhere you get your pods, you can, you can subscribe. And if you're listening to the pod, you've already subscribed, you should subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search Calcio Connection. Hit subscribe, turn the alerts on so you can see when a new episode comes. That's a great, great way to keep with us, uh, up with us as well. So yeah, the next time we record, it should be after some Serie A matches. Actually, Jerry uh, is going to have a special episode because I, I've got MLS playoffs this coming weekend, so I'm going to be very busy working with Inter Miami. So Jerry is going to be uh, in the hot seat for me, along with uh, the guys from the Serie A sit down and maybe, maybe another surprise guest. Good but that's going to be good. It's a good bedtime story you got there, eh? Into Miami. Hey, man. <laughs> I'm repping. I'm repping the squad. La Rosa Negra. Playoffs. Playoffs coming this weekend. I'm so sick of the MLS. Is that the new one? No, it's the old one. You want to guess who's on the back? Uh-huh. Murata. Who else? Cristiano. Does it work? Oh, Bernadeschi. Bernadeschi. Bernadeschi jersey? It is money. I don't know why it doesn't work, but there it is. I can see. Ah, there it goes. There it goes. Why spend money on that? You know, I was a big fan when he joined, and now he's kind of letting me down. So, but he's played well for the Azuri, so I hope he uh, actually bounces back. I I'm not one to talk. Uh, Can you see who I'm wearing here? (laughs) I I don't know if you can see it, but I'm wearing a Nangaland Inter jersey. So I I am not one to talk, as he absolutely sucks. But that'll do it for us. We appreciate everyone tuning in. Uh, so we're going to really uh, dive headfirst into Serie A the next time around. We'll talk to you guys on the next episode of the Calcio Connection podcast. Ciao. Two shit jerseys. <laughs>